Hello, everyone. I'm Blake Farha. And I'm Jasmaya. And this is See You in Sleep County, a podcast all about bringing you into that wistful, dreamful state needed to have a nice, relaxing night of slumber. We read stories written by Jazz, which she has taken from her journals, uh, journals that have been written throughout time across the entire span of her life, uh, starting from the age of seven. So these true stories will be jumping around in years and times, but always from the, the perspective of the one and only Jazz Meyer, uh, who has such a beautiful outlook on the world in such an amazing way with words. Uh, and it is a great joy to use these stories to bring you into a nice restful state. Uh, Jazz, thank you so much as well for sharing these stories with us and with me in uh, particular. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah, I've actually always secretly hoped that my journals would be published in some way. So I guess this is my way of making that dream come true somehow yeah well it's certainly a, a good start i'd say mm, absolutely so thank you for being part of this blake and to whoever's listening thank you for um indulging me you mentioned earlier and i would love to hear a little bit more about it that you've been taking night bike rides mm -hmm. uh, with your dog tell us a little bit about that that sounds really nice oh yeah it's been really wonderful um i mean first of all i really really love cycling it's something that just frees my mind uh gives me this amazing sense of liberation and and calm so that's been really nice and at night especially when the streets are quiet when there's nobody around when there's nothing else to think about but my body and and the bike it's a really beautiful feeling and um mm. yeah Jacques likes to come for late night walks as well what's it like to ride your bike at night because you live in quite a small city in uh, Portugal is that right yeah, well, I'm living like on the outskirts of a village that's on the outskirts of a town that's on the outskirts of a city. So it's pretty, okay. pretty chill, pretty isolated. Um, and yeah, honestly, at night, there's just nobody around. So it really, really feels like the streets are mine. It's a very nice feeling. Well, that is a great feeling. That's one of my favorite parts about uh, taking like in Berlin. You know, I, of course, I ride my bike everywhere and uh, I absolutely love riding my bike. And uh Riding your bike at night. Somehow Berlin, for as busy a city as it is, I feel like past 8 p.m. the roads just empty out. There are no more cars. And as a cyclist, you have the whole city to yourself. Mm. And, you know, I'm often crossing like huge swaths of the city at a time. So sometimes I look I look so forward to the end of a night after an improv show or after, um, after you know, going to see a friend or having dinner somewhere. Uh, or, you know, in the summer, you know, late nights in parks where you just sit in the park all night and going home is one of my favorite parts of the night because the city is so massive and yet simultaneously so quiet and it really feels like I kind of own Berlin. Mm. When you're riding alone in the streets, you have the bike lanes all to yourself and all the lights are magically green as you're approaching home. It's such a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, a lot of the things you just mentioned feature in tonight's story. Uh, cycling, Berlin, uh, your improv shows, actually. So, oh, yeah. I don't know, would you be willing to talk a little bit about the, the work that you do outside of this podcast? Um, for those of you listening, Blake is also a very, very talented musician uh, and actually also a very, very talented writer. And Blake, you've been working on something recently that's going to be put out into the world soon. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? 
Sure. Yeah. So I two years ago, I in, in August of 2017, I commit I completed what's called the Camino de Santiago or the the St. James Way. And it is a um, it's a pilgrimage across Spain. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. And essentially one walks the entire distance across Spain on any one of a number of different trails uh, that are um, speckled with uh, hostels specifically for for pilgrims. You walk all the way to a city called um, Santiago de Compostela. And it's uh, quite a spiritual journey. And I embarked upon this journey two years ago after just losing my job. I was very lost, very unsure of what to do, very uncertain of, you know, the direction I wanted to take. Uh, but the Camino, I'd been thinking about doing it for five years at that point. And I thought, okay, well, now now's the time. So I did the Camino and I kept a journal the entire time uh, as a way of processing all the thoughts and all the ideas that were coming up throughout the journey. I decided after completing the Camino to publish that journal, um, unedited, uncensored, uh, because I really, the Camino brought me so much. It brought me so much, so much on how to work with and live with the uh, lifelong depression and anxiety and, um, you know, feelings of low self-worth that I've been living with. And I wanted to share those insights with the world because so many people struggle with what I'm struggling with and so many people will never get the privilege of walking the Camino. So I published this journal and it will be out very soon and I'm really, really excited to bring it to the world. I'm really, really looking forward to reading it. Thank you, Blake. Thank you for, again, yeah, as I'm doing with the, these stories, you're doing the same with your journal, like sharing a very intimate and very personal part of your, your life and your journey with, yeah, with the world. And I think that's a very beautiful and important thing. We're all just stumbling through life together. Uh, and some of us are just better at pretending we know what we're doing than others. So I think it's beautiful. I'm happy to happy to know that there are people like you putting real human vulnerable things out. Um, yeah, for the rest of us to see that we're all in this together. And we are indeed. So Jazz, tell us about tonight's story. What are we going to be reading about this evening? Does the story have a title? Can we start there? Yeah, it's called Summer in Berlin. And it's a story from a day that I spent with you uh, and with some friends of ours in the summer of 2018. Um, I'd already moved to Portugal at that point. So I was just visiting for a week. And there was one day from that week that really stays with me. Um, a really beautiful day that we spent together just following following the whims of a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, so we're going to go through through that day, through that journey. Honestly, I think it was just one of the simplest and happiest days in my memory, spending it with, with old friends and new friends, enjoying the, the mysteries of the incredible city that is Berlin, and just feeling that, that really feeling that endlessness of a summer afternoon that I really felt would never end. It was um, just a beautiful and simple time. One of the great joys of Berlin summers is exactly that, the, the seeming endlessness of it. The, the sun rises at 5 in the morning. It doesn't set until 10 p.m. or 10.30. Mm. So the day just goes on and on and on and on, and it just feels like there's so much possibility in a day like that when you know that there's no rush. You can really just follow your, follow your fancies. Yeah, absolutely. 
very excited about reading this story for the first time with our listeners. So Jazz, thank you as always for sharing uh, your wonderful story. Um, for those of you who are interested, Jazz is a lover of humans and uh, an explorer of the human experience. And if you enjoy her stories, then you can find more of what she does online at liberationandlove.com. Jazz writes about nonviolent communication and writes about her own human experience as she goes on her own sojourn through this world. Uh, and she has wonderful, wonderful insights that she shares in her blog and in her workshops. So if you're interested when you're feeling well and rested tomorrow, feel free to check all of her work out at liberationandlove.com. And without further ado, I think it's time we begin our own sojourn into Sleep County as we read Jazz's beautiful story, Summer in Berlin. Now, as we prepare for tonight's story, gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to shift into that position that's just right for you. And when you found that perfect spot, nestled among the covers, take a nice, slow, deep breath, letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale. Imagine the air just falling into your belly and your chest as you breathe in effortlessly. And as you breathe out, imagine the breath just falling out of you again. Take a moment to feel the bed beneath you, gently supporting all the curves of your body. Notice how soft the sheets feel. Release any tension you might be feeling, starting with the muscles in your face. One by one, allow them to go slack. And now we're going to slowly move down the entire body releasing all the muscles we come across. Let's start with the muscles in your arms, shoulders, and chest. Take a moment to notice them and really let them relax. Let's slowly keep moving down. Bring your attention to your belly, your lower back, and really let them sink into the mattress. Release any tightness in your thighs, your knees, your calves, and your feet. And enjoy for a moment the feeling of total relaxation, your body totally at ease, totally supported by the mattress beneath you completely protected by the sheet or the duvet covering you. Let's take a moment to take another deep breath, the air falling effortlessly into your belly as you breathe in, and the air simply falling effortlessly back out 
as you exhale. And now, now that we're feeling fully relaxed and ready for rest, I bring you tonight's story. Summer in Berlin by Jazz Meyer. It was early afternoon on a warm day in July, and the lightness of my spirit matched the bright sunshine, the hot, sweet scent of summer, the laughter and chatter all around me. I was content with the simple happiness of carefree belonging. Moments before, I'd walked out of my first ever improv class, attended by invitation of my closest friend, Blake. It turned out to be the only improv class I ever took, but I didn't think about the future possibilities at the time. I simply accepted the invitation and settled in as Blake, in fact one of the teachers of the class, led us like timid children through a series of games that brought us out of our shells, taught us something about being human, and shared a few laughs. Now, the class over, our inhibitions abandoned, we silently craved more of the bond that comes only from risking embarrassment with a group of fellow human beings. As people dropped off one by one, Blake and I remained, milling around the courtyard outside and waiting to see what would happen next. As the occasional student offered their thanks to him, I stood nearby, half-listening and smiling at the beauty of the day. That afternoon embodied all the best parts of a perfect Berlin summer. The kind of day that feels magical, drowsy, and ripe with possibility. A sleepy fairy tale of a day. The quality of light, butter yellow and comforting, made the afternoon seem like it would stretch on for much longer than an afternoon is normally allowed. We were suspended in a perfect, simple moment where nothing else had to exist outside of that careless crowd, wrapped in the warmth of the air and the haziness of the light. Things inched forward, but almost imperceptibly. The group of us, stragglers in camaraderie, were caught in time. Even the smattering of city nature seemed to feel it. Along the fence of the courtyard, a chestnut tree dozed. A butterfly floated druggedly through the crowd. A pigeon cooed a lullaby from the eaves. Eventually, though, the spell was broken. Most of the group already dispersed, and we, the hangers-on, were left to devise the next step in this eternal afternoon. There were four of us, Blake and I, our friend Henry, and their friend Gloria. In a way, it felt like being back in high school. Class was over, and now, without the cares or preoccupations of adulthood, we were free to do as we pleased. Blake already had a plan brewing, and now he spoke, the rest of us eager for the kind of adventure that comes on days like these 
Hyde Park, he said, and we all broke into childish grins. Berlin is a city transformed by the summer, and Hyde Park was an institution of this transformation. When the weather turns warm and the days turn long, the city comes alive, stretching its limbs after the long sleep that is winter. The parks and lakes are filled with throngs of people languishing under the hot sun, soaking in its rays, counting each precious second of daylight and hoping it will never end. And every weekend, there is Thai Park. I've never encountered anything quite like it before or since. It seems to me that nobody knows the real name of the park. That day, I'd looked it up for directions, and it's one of those unwieldy German names that's easy to forget and hard to pronounce. Something that rolls off the mind but gets stuck on the tongue rather than the other way around. In any case, I'd heard rumors of this place for the many years I'd lived in Berlin, but was yet to experience the magic myself. In my mind, it seemed like such an unlikely curiosity, something that belonged to an era or perhaps a country in which health and safety laws were far more lax. Essentially, it was one giant street food market, though that makes it sound far more legitimate than what it actually was. But I was yet to find that out. For now, we clambered our way through the courtyard, each fetching a bike for the ride over. It was far, but we were happy for the sunshine, for the ease of cycling in a flat and bike-friendly city. Before I'd moved to Berlin, cycling hadn't really been part of my life. But here, it was the way of life. Nobody I knew owned a car, but it wasn't uncommon to have two or three or four bikes in one's possession, usually at different phases of usability. One ex-boyfriend seemed to have a never-ending carousel of bikes that he would periodically swap out when one inevitably broke or got stolen. There was a certain joy I took from finding my way around the city under the energy of my own body, the ease with which I could go anywhere at will. There was no worrying about gas or parking or traffic that comes with a car, nor keeping track of timetables or track changes or delays on public transport. I was liberated by this simple mechanical contraption. We each wheeled our bikes out onto the street, mounting one by one and pushing off into the day. The warm wind flowed around us and the sun smiled down, the four of us weaving our way through the city streets. Blake led the expedition, occasionally stopping to consult the map, occasionally getting us lost. None of us minded. There was no rush. There was nothing to do but enjoy the time we had the time in the world, it seemed. After crisscrossing the city and ending up in a part of Berlin I'd never visited before, we glided up a long stretch of concrete between a copse of trees and arrived to the unnameable park. I was immediately hit by myriad sights, sounds, and smells. 
place was humming with visitors, a huge crowd thronging around a central square. From there, it sprawled out into swaths of people lounging on picnic blankets at the park's periphery. The square itself was not a feature of the park. Rather, it was constructed of rows upon rows of street food camps. I say camps because there were no structures, no food trucks or stalls, simply folding chairs and umbrellas, little fold-out tables, manned by what seemed to be Berlin's entire Thai population of grandmothers and grandfathers, and laden with the most incredible and eclectic delicacies. The whole park smelled like peanuts and fish sauce, like sweat and sunshine. It was spectacular. To this day, I don't know how this place existed in a country so well known for its strict adherence to the rules. I can only chalk it up to the magic and anarchy that makes Berlin what it is. My companions and I were eager to get into the fray, and we locked up our bikes, enthralled to be a part of the bazaar. Among the shade of the trees, we found a patch of earth, as yet unoccupied, and set up camp. Someone laid out a scarf as a makeshift picnic blanket, and we eagerly claimed our space. Taking it in turns, we wandered through the bustle of the park, eyes greedy for the delicacies laid out before us, a new curiosity at every turn. The vendors plied their wares in a manner that was at once pushy and disaffected, giving the whole market an almost surreal quality. It was hard to tell who had more invested in a potential sale, the vendor or the customer. I took my time surveying the goods on offer. I wanted to see everything, absorb every detail, make a careful selection. But it was impossible to keep such a bustle of information in order, and soon I made a decision, informed in equal parts by my tastes, the friendliness of the vendors, and the proximity of that particular stall to where I had ended up. I realized, soon enough, that it didn't really matter what I chose. Everything was good. We each came back with plates piled high, hands full of drinks, precariously balancing our bounties. What we ended up with was a smorgasbord of aromatic and colorful dishes, unidentifiable drinks and novel appetizers. Everyone wanted to try everything, and we ended up sharing the dishes out amongst us, like a makeshift family dinner, passing around paper plates, sharing drinks, commenting on each dish, and making recommendations to each other. This is how we whiled away the afternoon. We chatted lazily, sometimes simply enjoying a moment of silence amongst us to more fully appreciate the bustle all around. We were seated in the shade, but the heat of the day was still hanging heavy around us, and we removed as many layers of clothes as we could get away with, Lounging half-dressed, with bellies full, we wondered at what would come next. It was Blake again that offered up a suggestion, reluctant to let the day end. 
he invited us to join him for a swim to wash away the clinging summer heat. Another of the magical aspects of Berlin is the selection of lakes scattered within and around the city. A swim in some natural pool is never more than a short bike ride away, no matter where you are, and it was this fact that we were banking on. And so, after a quick map consultation, we packed up our picnic and mounted our bikes once more. Winding again through the streets of that ridiculous city, I felt a surge of elation rising in my chest. This truly was a perfect summer day, and, though the afternoon was wearing on, it still felt as though time was standing still, as though the sun would never set, as though we would keep moving from one spontaneous moment to the next, without end. Ahead of me, Blake, Henry, and Gloria wove their way toward our mark, and as we rode, our configuration changed over and over, finding ourselves in pairs or single file depending on the traffic. When riding in pairs, we shouted broken conversations to each other over the noise of the street, trying at once to keep our eyes on the road and pay attention to our neighbor. Eventually, we arrived at a lake I'd never been to before. Somewhere in the west of the city, not far from Thai Park, I found myself trudging down a grassy slope toward a beautiful little lake replete with bulrushes and frog song. Around us were other lake-goers, some clothed, some not, adhering instead to Germany's beloved free-body culture. Comically, the lake was located beside a busy highway, which made our afternoon all that much more surreal. I grinned to myself, absorbing the exquisite absurdity of Berlin. Letting down our bikes, we lay for a while in the sun, now free to remove the remaining layers that clung stickily to our bodies. I closed my eyes, feeling the sun soak into my skin, seeing, behind my eyelids, the wash of purple and orange light that shone through, even with my eyes closed. I listened to my friends chatting, joining in occasionally, sleepily. Soon, though, I wanted a reprise from the sun's steady glow and, pulling myself up from where I lay, informed my companions I was ready for a swim. Henry joined me, the others staying behind for now, and we walked to the edge of the water, lackadaisically. It was cooler there, the lake inviting us into its refreshing depths. Slowly I waded in, the water licking my ankles, calves, thighs, till I dove in completely, succumbing to the coolness and silence of being submerged. Underwater, I felt weightless, as if, like the day, I could remain there suspended indefinitely. The lake held me, as if in an amnion, keeping my form safe and close until finally I was ready to emerge. And so, succumbing to wanting in my chest, I broke up through the surface and once again into the caress of the sun. 
Deep breaths of sweet, warm air came then, with the water coursing down my face and body in undulating rivulets. Through the droplets of water clinging to my eyelashes, I looked around me, taking in the scene. Children played with reckless abandon by the shore of the lake. An old man swam further in, his swimming cap and goggles clinging tightly to his face, now wrinkled into a smile. In a patch of reeds not far away, a duck was foraging, its head dipping in and out of the water. Now by the shore, I saw Gloria and Blake approaching, wading in to join us. We each swam separately, enjoying the dual sensations of the cool water and the hot sun on our skin, contorting our bodies in order to dive, twist, float, paddle, kick. Occasionally, we'd shout something to each other, but mostly, we were each content in occupying our own little space, knowing the others were there doing the same. After a while, I moved back toward the shore, the others joining one by one. Spreading ourselves out on our picnic blanket, we lay there in the sun, chatting as the drying lake water tickled our skin. That afternoon truly stretched on and on, with many more adventures to come. But in that moment, I was content to simply be there, my friends by my side, the summer happening all around, the city offering itself up to me in a gesture of friendship. And that, it seemed to me, was more than enough. That was Summer in Berlin by the one and only Jazz Meyer. Thank you so much for joining us on this sojourn into Sleep County. If you enjoyed this story, there will be so many more to come, and we can't wait to share them with you. As we guide you, night after night, into the restfulness and peace of Sleep County. Thank you so much again for listening. It's truly a pleasure to share these stories with you and to help you relax and unwind from your day. I'm Blake Farha, and I want to wish you a good night, sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County. <laughs>